Well, you can see the decorations here. It's graduation time. How many graduates do we have in the house here today? Would you stand if you're a graduate? <laughs> Great. We congratulate you and we honor you today. Today is about giving honor where honor is due. You know, that's, that's actually biblical. The Bible says we're to do that. And today we take the time to do that. We've decorated this sanctuary. We also have our friendship room decorated. We're going to have a reception tonight. We're going to give some awards tonight. Don't miss it. It's really a great, great night um, to honor our graduates. But it got me thinking about another graduate in the Bible. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Somebody say, Moses is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, all of this shall be your territory. Isn't that exciting? No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong, and of good courage, do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we thank you for your word today, God. We're believing that you are going to speak to us, and we give you praise in advance for this. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on and say amen. 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 When we think of Joshua, what's one of the first things that comes to your mind? That's what I thought. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Do you know there's more to Joshua's life than the tumbling walls of Jericho? There really is. What a great accomplishment that, that to God be the glory, happened for Joshua. He did fight the battle of Jericho, and yes, the walls did come tumbling down. But that's not the only thing that we should remember about Joshua. There are more important facts that I thought I would share with you concerning this man of God. 
He was, according to verse number one, Moses' assistant. He was Moses' right-hand man, if you will. He was the assistant pastor. Very, very valuable to Moses. He was one of the twelve who were selected, chosen to spy out the land. After all, for 40 years they'd been traveling and journeying to this land of promise, this Canaan land. Well, here they're finally at the, at the outskirts of the promised land. So they need somebody to go and scout out the land. Joshua is one of twelve. We find this in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 16. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent out to spy out the land. Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, also called Joshua. He was one of the twelve who went as spies and only one of two who came back with a positive report. Let me test your Sunday school knowledge. How many remember the other spy that came back with the positive report? Caleb. Caleb. May we have a Joshua and Caleb spirit about us that says, yes, there may be danger. Yes, that may be treacherous. Yes, it may be dark. Yes, it may be unknown. Yes, there may be giants in the land, but God has promised me this land and I'm going into this land. Giant, you better get out of my way or you're going to lose your head. God said I could have this land and I'm going into the land. Don't see the giant in your way. You see the fruit behind the giant. You see the land of milk and honey that God has promised you and you go into the land that God has promised you. Giants die. Giants fall. Giants lose their heads in battle. Ten men came back afraid, terrified. Came back with a, with a negative report that it, it, there's too many giants in the land. There's no way. They will, they will stomp us out. They will swallow us. They'll eat us for breakfast. Just because there's an obstacle in your way doesn't mean that God did not promise that's what is yours. I think sometimes He wants to see if we're willing to fight for what He said we could have. Right? You're just going to retreat? You're just going to tuck your tail and leave? God promised you this for how many years now? And you're just at the threshold of receiving what God said you could have. And now because there's an obstacle, now because there's an enemy, now because there's a giant, you're going to throw up your hands and give it all up? You You better be ready to roll up your sleeves and fight the giant. Because God said you could have this land. Joshua is one of twelve that went into the land to spy it out, to scout it out, and only one of two who came back and said... We can take these giants. Let's go. You ready to say we can take these giants? You ready to say let's go? Come on, somebody say let's go. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell him, say let's go. Come on, look at somebody and tell him we can take these giants. Come on, encourage somebody close to you. We can take these giants. Let's go. You and me fighting together with God on our side. How can we fail? How can we lose? Let's go into the land that God has promised us. Let's go get what God said we could have. We've been wandering in the desert place long enough. It is time for us to go. Hallelujah. He said, 
It is time for you to go. He's one of 12 that went. Uh, uh, one, more little, one more little bit of trivia before we really dive into this. I, I found out also that he has the same name as, as Jesus. Joshua, Yeshua, is the same in the Old Testament, same meaning, same translation as in the New Testament, Jesus. Do you know what Joshua means? God's salvation. It's graduation day for Joshua. It's commencement day for Joshua. There's a few things that stood out to me that I'd like to share with you this morning, this afternoon. Just barely, though. It's morning somewhere, right? In Hawaii, it's still morning. First of all, write this down. God had a plan for Joshua's life. Write that down. God had a plan for Joshua's life. Moses, my servant, is dead. Verse number two. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm giving to them. For 40 years, they journeyed, they looked, they longed, they waited. And now Joshua gets to be the one to actually lead the way of entrance. Wow. You see, God had a plan for his life. When he was being held in his mother's arms as a baby, it was in the land of Egypt. It was in a land of bondage. It was in a land of slavery. Joshua was born into slavery. He's probably thinking, this is my life. My parents are slaves. My aunts and uncles are slaves. My grandparents are slaves. My siblings are slaves. I am a slave. This is, what, this is all he knew, slavery. He was born into it, much like we were. Do you know that you were born into slavery? You were born into a, a life of slavery to sin. Each and every one of us. All have sinned, the Bible says. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so, we need someone to come and say, let my people go. Just as Moses did. He goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. God sent me. The turning point and the freeing point was the blood. It was the blood. The Passover night, Exodus chapter 12, verse 13 says, Now the blood shall be the sign on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. It was Passover night. It was redemption night. It was freedom's night for this graduate for Joshua the blood had passed over him and because of the blood he was no longer a slave 
He was saved from slavery and he was saved from death, much like we have been because of the blood. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Listen to this, verse 19. But with precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Aren't you thankful for the blood today? Because of the blood, we are no longer slaves to sin. Because of the blood, we have life and not death. Part of God's plan was to free Joshua from slavery, to free him from the curse of death here. Now, God's plan for Joshua's life is becoming clearer. Joshua, I'm, I'm thinking, is just saying, Moses, I'm here. In any way that you need, any capacity that you need. He just was faithful where he was planted. He was faithful as an assistant to Moses. I don't think it was ever in his mind that he would climb the ladder and ultimately get to be on the top rung and be the, be the president, be the CEO. I believe Joshua's heart was, Moses, I am here. And I will come alongside of you in any and every way that you need. And I will help you and I will assist you. I'll hold up your arms if necessary. He was just faithful where he was. And that's important to note. We need to be faithful right where we are. Be faithful where God plants you. Do all that you can in faithfulness and obedience right where you are. But sometimes... Moses dies. Sometimes things change. I'm sure they all thought Moses would be the one to actually escort them into the promised land. He had led them so successfully. They had seen this powerful man of God operate under the anointing of God and God's ability and speak with authority on God's behalf. Surely, certainly, it will be Moses that will lead us now into this land of promise, not so. Sometimes we think we have God all figured out, don't we? And then He changes everything on us. And He says, will you trust me? I'm going to lead you here, and I didn't even show you ahead of time. I just want to see if you're, if you're willing, and you'll be obedient. That's what He did with, with Joshua. He begins to unfold this plan. I don't think Joshua ever imagined he would reach such a position. I don't think that was ever on his mind. But see, God has a plan for, God had a plan for Joshua's life and graduates. I want you to hear this today. God has a plan for your life. It's a plan beyond what you think you can attain, very likely. But it's also a good plan because it's God's plan. It's a plan that you can know today. It's a plan that you can get in on by surrendering your will to His will. It's a plan that you can know by emptying yourself out and being filled with His Holy Spirit. And it's a plan that is available to you right now. Immediately, you can know what God's plan is for your life. As I think about this point of God has a plan I thought of my life 
and how God has led me. And for 16 years, we traveled across this country, as most in this room already know, singing and sharing the gospel through song and testimony and word. And then God closed the door. It scared me to death. I'm telling you, I, didn't, I, I couldn't even think about doing anything but traveling and singing for Him. That's all I knew. That's what I studied. It's what I tried to hone. And I would get so nervous and so terrified, really, thinking about being on staff at a church as an associate pastor, as a music pastor. Scared me to death, Nikki. I know, I know. You wouldn't think it, but I'm telling you. But God clearly closed that door, and He opened another door. And I found myself at a church in Chicago, really wonderful church, and they knew how to, they knew how to lift up Jesus, let me tell you. And I learned a lot. God taught me a lot there. And God closed that door. And he said, I'm going to lead you. And I didn't know where he was leading me. I just said, I, I, I want to be used. I'm available. I'm willing. Next thing I know, he's leading me to this foreign land <laughs> called California. I'm not kidding. It may as well have been Zimbabwe. It may as well have been anywhere else in the, in the world. Because it was a long way from Terre Haute. But, again, with fear and trepidation and a lot of nervousness, moved my family, my wife, my children, all of our belongings, all the way, this, all the way across those many states that Pastor Dave just talked about. Came to a foreign land. Started directing the choir, leading in worship. Kind of found a niche. Found something that I, I enjoyed and something that I could do. And again, I wanted to, to develop that and hone that, and so I did. But I also felt in my heart, I remember talking to Pastor Darrell early on. I said, I want you to help me to learn how to preach better. Because I didn't have that opportunity very often. And he was such a great preacher, I thought. And so I said, will you teach me? Will you show me? Will you give me opportunity? And boy, did he. He said, I will. And, and he really did. And I'm forever grateful for that. Not still, still not knowing. My thought was, I want to be the best assistant. I want to be Moses' assistant. See? I want to be the, the deputy to the sheriff. I want to be the vice president to the president. I just thought, that's so valuable. It would, it would translate anywhere in the nation. That's a valuable position that if you really develop an associate mentality, be able to, to cover all the bases, preaching and administration and so forth, that would really be valuable to a pastor. So that was my goal. My goal. My plan. Belinda, I had no idea that God had another plan. And five years ago, when the pastor resigned, the board came to me and they said, Steve, we don't know what we're going to do, 
but we want you to stay until we figure out what we're doing and who we're going to bring in and so forth. And I just said, without even thinking, I just said, of course. You know, there's some things you really don't have to pray about. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just right. And that's how I felt. This is just right. I couldn't leave if I wanted to. I, I couldn't leave this church. I couldn't leave these people. We love this church. We love these people. And so I just said yes. And I went from preaching about 15 times a year to preaching three different sermons a week. I remember standing on that landing. It's a prayer I still pray, but five years ago I prayed it with a lot more fervency, I think. But I said, God, I can't go down these steps unless you go down them before me. God, I can't stand behind that sacred desk unless you're there ahead of me. God, you have to help me. You have to help me. And I remember the first time, one of the first times I stood behind this pulpit, something shifted on the inside of me. And it was as though God took a key this is the best way I can describe it to you. He took a key and he put it in my belly and he unlocked something. Something that I didn't even know was there. He opened up this reservoir that was filled. He had put the deposits in there from my birth. But there they stayed locked away dormant until I obediently stepped to a place that he needed me. Three months or so into it, I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm administrating, doing things I just, I didn't know I could do. And I remember more than one of you came to me and said, uh, who are you? <laughs> who are you and what have you done with our music pastor, you know? And I, I said, I don't know myself. I just know that God has done something. God has a plan, graduates, for your life. He doesn't always show you how it's going to unfold. And it's not always filled with goodness. God knows, and many in this room know, that the last five years have not all been a bed of roses. Is that fair to say, yes. church? Yes. We've had some difficulties that we've had to come through. But see, he didn't say it was going to be a bed of roses. He just said, I won't leave you I won't forsake you. He didn't promise Joshua that it was all, all goodness. It's all milk and honey flowing and grapes so large it'd take two people to carry them on a stick. A cluster of grapes. Can you imagine taking two men to carry this cluster? There were giants in the land. There were difficulties to go through. 
But it was all part of God's plan. God promised Joshua, made a promise for every situation of his life, which is point two. I'm going to really wrap this up right here. Point two, God had a promise for Joshua for every situation of his life. He promised him, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. When God makes a promise, you can count on it. God will never leave you or forsake you. Graduate and others in the room, let me, as strongly as I know how, encourage you to make the same promise back to Him. You need to say to God, God, I'll never leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. Because that's the problem. We turn, people turn from God. God doesn't forsake us. We forsake Him. We turn from Him. We leave Him. And then we get over here in the, in the wilderness and we say, well, God, why aren't you with me? He's, he, I, I am with you, but quit leaving me. <laughs> I ran from God. He just kept pursuing me, kept on loving me. He had a promise for every situation of his life. And there's one more thing I want you to know as we close this. Here's the secret to the success. How many have your Bible? Come on, hold it up. The secret to his success is the secret to your success. God's Word. God's Word would be the secret to his success. Verse number 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, you shall meditate in it day and night, every day, every night, that you may observe to do according to all. Don't pick and choose. Do all. Observe all. Obey all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Isn't that interesting how it's worded? You actually get to determine to a degree if your way is going to be prosperous or not, according to what you do and how you respond, how you live. If you, if you observe and do what is written in the Word of God, your way will be made prosperous. You get to be a part of that. Then you will have good success. If you want good success, you need God's success. He says good success, which leads me to believe there's, uh, there is a bad success, right? And you see it. The world is full of people who are successful. They have money. They have power, prestige, houses, land. They are successful. But that's not good success. Because the only way you're going to have good success is if you have God's success. Commencement day. Graduation time. Time for a new chapter. The page is turning. 
I want all of our graduates to come to the front. All of our graduates, quickly come. We're going to pray over you. Now you'll see we have a variety of ages. Jake, you're not graduating from high school, are you, buddy? Okay. No, I already knew that. We've got graduation from preschool to kindergarten, kindergarten to elementary, and then from elementary into middle school or junior high, whatever, and then that transition from junior high, middle school into high school. So there's a variety. And we also have some graduates from college. Proud of you, Mama. Mm. Anybody else college? Nobody else college? Yeah, 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 Solani. Sorry, sorry. Hallelujah. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Come on now. Proud of you. Wonderful. But no matter where you are, it's a new chapter. And especially for some of the younger ones, you're transitioning from elementary into junior high and from junior high into high school. Guys, the pressure is intense for you to go the way of the world and to give in. The majority of people around you will probably not be Christ-like. Am I telling the truth already? They're not Christ-like. And they want you to be like them. And there's a lot of pressure on you to actually go, yeah, I want to be like that. I want to be accepted. I want to have friends. Who doesn't? But if it's at the cost of your testimony and of your witness, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I want to encourage you to stand strong, to stand tall, to do what is right, say what is right. I want you to be the leader that God has called you to be. Not a follower, you're a leader. Each and every one of you. And I want you to make changes in your schools, in your homes, in your communities, in your neighborhood, because we believe in you. Mom and dad, grandparents, can I have you just come and stand behind them real quick? And if there's one here, or maybe a spouse, yes. Sorry, I did that first service too. Your mom and dad might not be here, that's fine. Maybe a spouse could come and stand with these two who are college grads. Just stand with them. Let them know that we are with them. We believe. We believe in them. I don't want anybody standing alone. Do you have, do you have family here? Ella, you come up here with me, buddy. You going to stand with him, Brandon? Good. I'll come down. Good, 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 good. Victor, you got any family here, buddy? Grandma. Great. Is anybody alone? All right, pa uh, Berlin, Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave, Berlin, wonderful. Now we got that out of the way. See, Pastor Dave doesn't know everybody yet. Amen. Lift your hands, graduates. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, God, I'm yours. Use me as you see fit. Take my life as I give it back to you today. Lead my steps, lead my decisions, my actions, my words. May my life bring glory to you.
and be a light to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, I pray for these graduates, and we as a church, Lord, pray for them, each and every one of them. God, we pray for your keeping power. We pray for your protection, Lord. We pray, God, that they would be so filled with your spirit and with your word that the influences that are ungodly would not penetrate and they would have no effect on them. We pray you protect them from the allure of the world. Protect them from their own evil desires, their own fleshly desires, their own selfishness, God. And protect them from the attack of the enemy. Devil, you cannot have these graduates. They are God's property and they will fulfill their purpose and their destiny. We declare this today. We believe this today. I pray your blessing on them. I ask for your favor in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. We believe in you. You can, you can return to your seat. As they're going back to their seats, let me just remind you of tonight one more time, our 6.30 service. We are going to be celebrating all of our graduates, and uh, we, have, we have a gift for them, and we are going to recognize all of them. Would you stand? Pastor Moses, I want you to close us in prayer. and Just pray God's blessing on us, please. lives. Father, we thank you for the healing, God, that you brought. Father, for the restoration, for the reconciliation, Father, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would remain with us, God, that we would remain with you as we go on our way. Keep us safe in Jesus' name. Amen.